want Bearcats. I, I love the Bearcats. I like Luke Fickle. He brings the table. I like Bearcats. Lock in mid post. Great spin move. Reverse layup. Oh, oh. And it's good for Victor Lockett. What a move. Looked like Bill Walton out there. On back to throw. Looking. Scrambling. Passes. Intercepted at the goal line. The Bearcats have the football. Sauce Gardner picking off the pass as Cincinnati denies Notre Dame in the red zone. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. To Julius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. Double tight ends in for Cincinnati. Ritter will hand it off. Jerome Ford bouncing it to the left. There he goes. To the 30. Pulling away like Secretariat at the Belmont. Touchdown. Bearcats as Jerome Ford takes it to the house to give Cincinnati a three-score lead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Go Bearcats podcast. I appreciate you sticking with us here. It has been a minute since we've had a new episode. Uh, feels like it's been too long, but uh, I finally got some free time here to make this thing happen, and I had to jump on with all the things happening in the uh, the Bearcats universe today. Uh, I had to bring on a friend of the show. Logan Cox is back with us. He's already on here. Logan, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Bearcat Nation, how are you guys doing? How you doing? I appreciate you being a repeat customer here, if you will. Uh, certainly like like that uh, as we continue to you know, develop relationships, not only uh, within you know Bearcats Nation, but uh, far and beyond into the new Big Twelve, which we'll get into as well. So uh, we got a lot of things to talk about, Logan. We got a we got a big win uh, in, in the basketball side of things to talk about today. And, of course, we have the, the release of our first Big 12 schedule to talk about as well. So we got, we got our plates full here tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm excited for all of it. Absolutely. You know, uh, this, you know, we always start out the podcast with what I have previously called Beer of the Podcast. I've never loved that name. I've never called it a segment on the show, uh, but it's, always, it's been a mainstay here since, since episode one pretty much. Uh, but Logan, if uh, if you remember the the dreadful days of the COVID quarantine, where we were locked in our house and not allowed to leave, do you remember this? Yes, yeah. Uh, I, I seen, briefly, briefly. Pre- yeah, right. It's you know. <laughs> so uh, during this time, uh, my fr- my friends and I, my you know, a handful of my close friends, we have a a, a group message going. And we couldn't go out for beers with each other during this time. So what we did is when we, uh, you know, ordered beer, uh, you know, a lot of breweries were delivering at this time. Or or if we did, you know, risk our lives to go to the store uh, during this time, we would uh, we would crack open a beer. We'd record ourselves giving a uh, sort of, you know, a live, quote unquote, live review of the beer and, you know, send it off to this beer group. And it, it caught on. And it's something that, you know, me and my, my buddies do st- still to this day. For whatever reason, I don't know if there's no sign of it stopping. But I, through uh, through my buddy Brian, who's a friend of the show, he sort of starts off every video with "It's time for a beer," and I sort of adopted that in my videos that we do with each other. So now that's going all the way to the podcast now. So, Logan, it's time for a beer, sir. What are you having tonight? I got the Two Hearted Ale. Um... I like I, I'm an IPM man myself, um, so I usually go to for uh, for psychopathy or uh, truth, but the Two Hearted IPA, I mean, it's just as good as both of those. Um, and somebody left it at my house, so in a free beer is the best kind of beer. Absolutely, man. You got a you got a uh, some bonus uh, fridge beers there. Yeah, I I agree with you. I love Two Hearted. Bell's does uh, a lot of good stuff. Have you ever seen Double Two Hearted? It's like the the imperial version of that beer. They don't release it a lot, but it is delicious. So my girlfriend's dad actually put me onto that. It is delicious. It's very hoppy. Uh, I like it. Uh, it's definitely not one of those kinds of beers that I can drink like, you know, six or seven of in a row. But it's super good. Yeah, you you definitely would. Uh, as my father-in-law says, you'd be taking back stuff you never stole after six or seven of those. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for myself here, time for a beer. I got uh, I got this beer from Delhi Liquor Store. 
uh, which I, uh, I mean, very involved in with here at the podcast and watch parties and stuff. But they had this new. So I'm usually an IPA guy myself. I'm 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 a huge hophead. But uh, to switch it up here, I went with an Imperial Stout tonight. This one is Ooh. it's 14 percent. So big beer, big podcast on our return here. So kind of going with the theme. It's called Shield. It is from Low Gill Brewing, which I'd never heard of before. And I've never heard of them because they're out of Ireland. Uh, it's uh, something that the, the liquor store just got in this week. It is uh, an Irish whiskey barrel-aged imperial oatmeal coffee stout. Uh, infused with Soma coffee. From so or yeah, Soma coffee from Soma Brewing Company. Or God, I can't talk here. It's already hitting me. I've, I've only smelled it. Infused with coffee from Soma Coffee Company. There we go. I don't know why that's a tongue twister here, but I'm just now going to taste it for the first time. Looks good. It is dark for sure. Uh, not too much coffee. Uh, decent amount of barrel though. And that is way dangerous for fourteen percent. It does not, it does not quite drink that boozy. So I'm gonna have to pace myself here as we dive into some Bearcats basketball first. What do you think? Oh yeah, sounds great. And also, you know, that's the the best ones are the ones that sneak up on you. So I mean, that sounds great. Great opportunity right there with the Irish uh, beer. Um, yeah, I think that you know the Bearcats were looking like really honestly. Um, looking pretty mid pretty like they didn't have any signature wins um and it was looking like we were not going to make the march madness tournament however comma um i think that that's a that's changed with the recent wins and the way that we're playing this back half of basketball um i think that the that we're taking care of the ball first and foremost we're not turning over the ball 20 plus times a game um that's huge because that was leading to a lot of our losses. Um, we're also playing defense like a lot better. We're not just shooting threes, like to shoot threes. Um, we're actually shooting wide open threes and passing to get open looks. So, I mean, this looks like a completely different team than in the beginning of the season, to be honest. I, I kind of agree with you there. I think uh, some, I think, the Bearcat and I and I'm I'm hesitant to to say this, but I, but from what I saw today, and the past you know two weeks, I would say even, it looks like the the team has turned a corner, and it, it looks like um, Wes has is gotten his rotation down a little more. You know, we've taken Davenport out of the starting lineup. You know, he's still getting a decent amount of minutes, but uh, you know, we've seen today. I think we've seen sort of the reemergence of uh, Rob Finnessy, uh, not doing a ton of stuff on the offensive end, but, you know, certainly making his presence known on the defensive end. I thought uh, we're, I think we're sitting 16 and eight right now, seven and four in the conference. Uh, and that's, that's good for fifth as it stands, but we put, we should have beat Memphis not that long ago and, 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 a, and a close game. Houston went down to down to the wire. We we could have had that game as well. You throw in a, a dominant performance against Tulsa, and then today it felt like it, it was a must win for the Bearcats to prove again, you know, that that they they've turned that corner and and they're hitting their stride. And you know, the the full game was on display in the first half. You know, I don't think uh, Central Florida was quite awake and ready for the the defensive tenacity that they came out with today. Yeah, and they can't rebound the ball against us, which is really good. Um, and that there's two reasons for that: is we're rebounding the ball really well, and also, um, you know, there's less staring. Uh, I've noticed everybody there's an urgency with this team. There's, uh, you know, constant diving for the ball, so they're hustling, and all of that feels really good. Um, I think that we're getting the most try-hard version of the Bearcats, their current roster. I think Micah Adams Woods is going to be a big piece uh, moving forward if he can continue to play well because when Micah plays well, uh, everybody else plays well. He compliments David DeJulius very well. Um, You know, I think that basically our rotation is figured out. You're right. Like, you know, Victor Lakin, um, really good shot blocker down in the lane. Um, I think our defensive side of the – our defense is what's going to keep us in any of these games. 
Um, we just got to put the ball in the hole. I mean, it, it, the amount of three-point shooting when we get so we every game we've lost, we've tried to just shoot the uh, shoot from three. We've been trying to shoot our way out of a situation, and we got Victor Lakin um, down there in the paint. We need to be kicking it out to him. Maybe having Landers Nolly uh, shoot from the inside a lot more than we we got going on. Other than that, though, um, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, that's going to win us games. If you if you think about it, defense wins championships, and we have a good defense. If we can just put the ball in the hole, we're going to win these games. Like Memphis coming up, I if we can put the ball in the hole, we're going to beat them. I definitely agree with you there. Sorry, sorry, I, I stalled there. There's a pop-up ad that threw me off here. So I mean, talking talking about Big Vic. I mean, he he kind of you know he went off today. He had 18 points, 18 of his 20 points in the second half, which you know to to fight back against Central Florida's comeback, we had to have all of those. It seemed like, uh, but I mean, 20 and 20 and eight for him uh, with the eight rebounds. I thought he especially coming out from halftime. He looked really good, and I it it almost like this game was a little weird because you're right, and we've there's been a lot of talk about the cross half court and jack up a three type of offense, and uh, I mean Davenport has been the you know maybe the biggest uh, agitator of that. DeJulius at times, Nolly, and, and I mean, and even. Um, skillings right we, we kind of have that tendency to just uh, to jack up a three and try to shoot our way out of you know the quicksand today i thought it was kind of the opposite of that like where the offense just went stagnant at times in the second half where it was not it was just like pass the ball around and and, and maybe commit a turnover or put up a an okay shot but we didn't get the offensive rebound and that's that's seemed like to me that was a change of pace from the previous games where we would just run run down the floor and take an ill-advised three-pointer yeah i mean we gotta like i don't mind when DeJulius landers uh, uh landers nolio or like uh davenport throws up a three when it's open um that's the big thing is like forcing these sh- you're not an nba draft pick level create my own shot guy like know what you are if you're open, shoot it. But if you're covered, don't. And that's the big thing is they need to work on the and they have been working on their shot selection, um, which is which is why we're looking a lot better, I think. You know, Logan, walking out of the I, this, today was the first game that uh, the basketball game that I've I've been to this season. Uh, so it was nice to uh, to be able to to get in the fifth third and and actually see a game in person for the first time this year. But as I was walking back to my car, I was kind of thinking of, I mean, not that long ago, we had almost too many guys that wanted to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like when we had um, Jaron Cumberland and, right. uh, and Keith Williams, uh, and, I, and I'm some, some of the other names are escaping me here, but this that roster was filled with guys that wanted to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. And it seems like for the – you know, past year and a half or, or year and two thirds now or whatever it is under Wes Miller, we had the opposite of that, right? We just had guys that wanted to stand on the outside or, you know, on the perimeter and, and jack up the three. I, I think Daniel Skillings uh, can be um, like the medicine for that. You know, I think he is probably a put the ball on the floor first and, and try to get a better shot. Uh, but I, I did see less of that sort of just jack it up today, like I said. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to me how, you know, we went from one extreme to the other and what seems a, like a pretty relatively quickly time. I think that, like, you know, the I think that the first thing's first. Coach Miller obviously is seeing what we're seeing because he benched Davenport. He put him on the bench. He was like, hey, look. This is outrageous. You can't be jacking up threes, uh, double covered, first look with 20 seconds of shot clock left. Like, we can't be having that. Um, and now when he comes in off the bench, he's really, like, he's hitting these – he's hitting pretty good – he's taking good shots. He realizes that his minute – he will be pulled from the game if he does that stuff. 
Um, and then I think that we are this game specifically. We're finally looking to pass inside. I think everybody was afraid because Odie is not a good finisher. Like we we have a few people that aren't good finishers, but we need to play through that and become good finishers. Um, is the big thing on that. Like, and I yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, the big the big thing is also we're bringing in. Uh, people who are more offensively minded, I think, than before. Um, and a lot of the younger generation that is watching the NBA and like professional basketball. I mean, all anybody does is shoot from three. Stephon Curry, Clay, you know, all of those people. Um, so I think that two things. One, it's time is moving along and the modern college basketball player wants to emulate Stephon Curry. Um, so you got a lot of guys, a lot of guards, a lot of forwards that want to throw up threes. And I think that Wes Miller has to, like, it's modern. You want them to be throwing up threes, but when they're open. And I think that's that's been like, so that's why he hasn't pulled them off of that, because that is the future of offense. But in the same aspect, two points, two points. And look, grinding out a dub is good. I mean, I agree. I I uh I just watched the second half of the uh the Purdue Indiana game. Indiana upset Purdue tonight uh on their home floor. But Let's I'm, go Hoosiers. Right. So I had um I had I had not watched, you know, either team before and I just kind of uh randomly decided to watch it. But uh, Purdue's big man Edie, I don't know how tall he is, but he he seems like a giant amongst men on the floor and you it was I mean, every possession he got a touch, and if he didn't, it was because you know Purdue turned it over or something. Uh, so it was it was kind of uh, you know interesting to see that, and it's kind of like hey, you know, we have this you know athletic big man Vic Locken on the floor, uh, you know who who went for twenty tonight uh, and should probably average that if we could get him the ball, and uh, you know I wouldn't mind seeing more of that type of offense. Or the offense he's, just completely run through him, you know? I mean, let's be honest. Um, he's the only NBA prototype player we have on the roster right now. The rest of them might be G League guys. They work really, really hard. Victor Lockin, in his raw state, is getting NBA scout looks. So, yeah, no, I agree. We need to be fought, we need to be developing him as much as possible and getting the ball in his hands because there's a reason why NBA teams are looking at him. Absolutely. You know, I, and I think, I mean, let's, I mean, to give credit where credit is due here as well. I mean, you know, just uh, today, I mean, DeJulius went for 19. He had seven assists. That I mean, that was crazy. He, and I thought he sort of set the tone for the game early uh, it, when he, on, on defense. You know, so, I mean, he kind of let defense, you know, lead the offense for him early on and set the tone for us. Nolly, who, who I love, I mean, he, he 17, five steals. I mean, we, we he's had, the best player on the team right now for oh, sure. Yes, Landers Nolly. Yeah, I mean he's 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 got to get touches as well. And I, I think just like watch, paying really close attention to to the offense today. It, I mean, they run a lot of stuff through him or, or try to get him the ball a lot. Uh, I, I thought Central Florida was doing a decent job on him early, uh, but I mean the, the I mean the. The whole game came down to turnovers, though. Like, right? So, like, Central Florida, 24 turnovers. A lot of that caused by, by the uh, Bearcats' defense and, and pressure on them. Love to see that effort. There, I mean, we went, like, back to – we had a series of, like, uh, steal, dunk, steal, dunk. Uh, and it's – I mean, the place went nuts after that. Just seeing that sort of sequence of Bearcats basketball, getting after it on defense. And I got really loud. Beat- Oh, leading to you know easy shots on offense, man. I mean, the place was uh, the place went crazy after that in the first half. Oh man! So funny story, just real quick. I was at work when this was going on. I work at a Verizon in Cold Springs and uh, Cold Springs, Kentucky today. And uh, I was watching the game on my phone, and some of my colleagues had people at their desks, like they were selling them phones. And when the back-to-back dunks happened, I was like, "Let's go!" Like super loud, scared this old lady. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, ma'am, uh, if you're listening, but yeah, <laughs> good stuff. I love that. I, I've 
I, I've been there myself some sometimes, so I, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, Logan, one thing I do want to hit on here uh, before we, we move on, we've talked about Bearcats basketball almost 15 minutes now, uh, so maybe we're just excited for this, this solid win, a, a quad two win. Uh, that we it's are a must win, quad must, two win, must, absolutely, hundred percent. I, I think, um, like I said, I mentioned Rob Finnessy earlier. I, you know, he got sixteen minutes today. Didn't do a, a whole lot on the offensive end, but just like having another, you know, person that could, uh, you know, handle the ball and like the pressure that UCF sent in the second half. I, I you know, the, he's not going to jump off the uh, the in the box score for you, but I thought he provided some solid minutes for us today. And I don't know if it's his best game as a Bearcat, but it's certainly one that I noticed him being able to contribute to the team. I think that Finnessy being a defensive presence and, uh, you know, just in general, I mean, we have a lot of point guards and uh, they're all pretty good. They all different do, do different things. Um, I think that Finnessy is probably – Besides Lakin, and um, yeah, I'd say besides Lakin, and we didn't get to see a lot of them, but the guy, John Newman, I mean, I watched his tape at Clemson. He's really good at defense, but um, he's probably one of our best defensive players, period. So, I mean, when you got a good mix out there like Nolly, Davenport, um, you know, the people that can shoot, uh, it kind of covers up his uh, scoring weakness, and then you got a really strong defensive player. Oh, for sure, for sure, and I and I hope he can uh, sort of continue to uh, you know chisel out some playing time by earning those minutes on the defensive side for sure. Uh, so there's there's seven games left in conference here, you know so, some doozies coming up. You know you're at Tulane on Tuesday, uh, we squeaked by them at home. Uh, you you're uh, at Central Florida again. You got Temple who, who beat us and. Then you have your after that you're you're back at Memphis, so we got a we got a, a decent amount of of solid games left here where the Bearcats can still prove themselves uh, before we head into the the American Athletic uh, Conference tournament, which will be huge uh, if the Bearcats are trying to make any sort of noise. I mean, so yeah, we got to win out. We got to beat Memphis. We, I think UCF. Uh, is going to be a lot harder at UCF. Um, but, I mean, Taco Fall hasn't been there for a while, so we'll beat them. Um, and I, I think Memphis is really our absolutely hardest game left. Um, we need to beat Memphis. Like, I, I don't know how weird I got to be about this, but if we don't beat Memphis, we're not going anywhere in March. That matters. But if we do beat Memphis, like, feel very excited because all we have to do is probably win one game in the American Conference Tournament. And we're going to the dance. You think so? Yeah, I think we're right there on the bubble. Um, we That put us at a 20-plus wins, um, like what it would be like, 22, 23 wins. Yeah, I think that that puts us in. Um, especially if you, you win multiple games in the American uh, Conference Tournament. If you win, I'd say, you know, it's, maybe you get in with one. Um, with two, you definitely get in. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. I, I don't know if I'm ready for that conversation yet. I think, I mean, we'll see where we are after the end of these seven games. Yes. Yeah. But, see, but, it's but all. If yeah. If you if you're if you're going seven and those six and one or something, I mean, you're right. That's you're you're at twenty two, twenty three wins. Uh, it, it'll be interesting because right now the conference is like I feel as though there's a there's a top. I mean, Cincinnati being fifth right now two and a half games back the top is sort of jumbled up right now i mean houston is of course is houston they're a, they're a final four team but temple tulane memphis and then cincinnati we are all like sort of fighting for that second spot so it'll be it'll kind of be it'll be interesting coming out of the wire here plenty of uh important basketball left for the bear depending on how good it looks too i mean the american has been a three-bit league before you know i don't think it is this year uh, by any chance in the mid, uh, but you know, uh, things could change. Seven get you. You're right. We got seven games left. So if one, uh, if maybe us and Temple, because you know Temple has a really good win at Houston, mm -hmm. 
probably one of the best wins all year out of any team in the American. Um, I mean, it could come down to us or Temple. It could come down to us or Tulane, I believe, is uh, one that's really close up there in the American. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we just got to win. We just got to win out and uh, play our best ball at the end of the year. I mean, kind of like it's kind of a uh, Desmond Ritter line, but you got to play your best ball at the end of the year. Absolutely. That's that's cliche or not. That is, that is the truth. Now, with that being said, though, let's let's talk a little Bearcats football because I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling slightly optimistic right now. Okay, okay. So you you want to you want to? I mean, we can switch gears here. I, I think. I mean, that's pretty much all that I have here for for Bearcats basketball right now. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic going into the last seven games here. So you wanna you wanna talk you wanna talk recruiting or you wanna talk uh, Big Twelve football release. Well, so recruiting, recruiting is kind of like, all right, so it's weird how to, we'll go recruiting first. I'll, so, you know, as far as what Coach Satterfield did and his staff and the way that we've. Uh, hold, on, rep- hold on, hold on, time out. Go ahead. I, I got to let that process for a second. I'm, I'm, I'm still not used to hearing that out loud. Coach Satterfield. Oh, okay. So, all right, there it is. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm yep. getting used to it. I'm I'm not against it. I'm just letting letting it you know hit my ears and and processing it through. So I, I'm I'm all ears now. I'm ready for it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, Coach Satterfield he revolutionized the way that we recruit. He came in and gave us a modern look, the same look that the Clemsons, the Ohio States, and the Alabamas of the world are recruiting. Um, create a staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, uh, created, like, you know, development, like, brought in, like, now, before it was, like, coaches and a few, like, recruiters and stuff, uh, we were co- we were recruiting the traditional way, the old school way, because Luke Fickle's an old school dude. Um, and now with this, I mean, it's, the one thing that Scott Satterfield has always had is good recruiting. Um, he's always been able to be cutting edge when it comes to recruiting. Um, so... I think that this is like really good, especially because you know let's just let's call a spade a spade. Louisville may be a good program, um, but Kentucky football, Kentucky high school football, can't touch Ohio high school football. And when you're a real Ohio school, uh, you're going to get a lot more high school prospects that are interested. Um, yeah, Louisville played in the you know in a Power Five conference, but arguably the worst power five conference, uh, on our side of, of America. I mean, it, ACC, the only, th- only conference worse in football than the ACC is the PAC 12. Um, so, you know, he came from a whatever conference, but I mean, the difference between the American and the ACC, we're still not, we're still no ACC. So I think that here's the thing that you got to look at with recruiting. We, we're recruiting at a top 50 level um, with Coach Fickle in the 40s and 50s, right? Like, mm-hmm. Coach Satterfield's already, like, his career, when he was at a lower level, at Appalachian State where he won um, the FCS championship, he was recruiting in the 50s, okay? Uh, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. So I have a feel, and he... We had literally, I think it was like, what, 18 people decommit and we're still in the 50s after he got a hold of some some of his guys. I think recruiting is going to be a very strong point of this team. Um, I don't, I, we're going to have the guys to compete is what I'm trying to get at. Um, he's, tr- he's got, you know, defensive line transfers from Louisville. He, uh, so he was able to get the guys that were already. Um, and that's a good sign because he didn't have that great of a season. Um, or that great of a record at Louisville, but every single person that he got to go to Louisville wants to come with him to Cincinnati, which means that they like him. And likability is an important aspect of recruiting and just, you know, getting the right guys on your team. I think now that you're playing in the Big 12, I mean, we're going to open up against Oklahoma on Saturday, a little bit of a preview uh, in September. I mean, you're you're going to be able to get the Cameron Calhouns to recommit 
or people like him, the four stars. Mm-hmm. I think that the modern way that we recruit and the guys that he's bringing in, like uh, like uh, the Iowa State offensive coordinator, I mean, that guy's from Toledo. Uh, he's super good at recruiting Ohio. Oh, so, yeah. And I mean, yes, exactly. I was, it was name was like leaving me. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I mean like that guy did that, like had great offensive success with a lot of Ohio guys on the roster at Iowa. Now that he's in Ohio, he's unleashed. Uh, now that Scott Satterfield's in Ohio, a job that he, or in Cincinnati, a job that he interviewed for that he wanted over Luke Fickle. We went with Luke Fickle the first time. Um, he's, he's at his dream location. We have a guy who doesn't aspire to leave. We could say what we want about Luke Fickle. He was very loyal for how good he was, but he aspired to coach in the Big Ten. We do not have that right now. He aspires to be here. This is where he knows people. This is how, This is where his connections are. We weren't going to keep Luke Fickle forever, but everybody knew that we weren't going to keep Luke Fickle forever, including us. We had to look ourselves in the mirror and know that that's not going to be forever. And uh, we got a guy that wants to be here. So that's huge. And I think the crea- the culture is already the culture is already set. We're getting plenty of four-star transfers. We lost a lot of the wide receiver position, but then we got it all back in the transfer portal. Um I think that, you know, he is a better offensive. We have a better offensive coordinator uh, coming in, somebody who's been nationally recognized multiple times. Uh, you know, Gino at times was really lucky that he got, he had Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford, Jarek Dokes. He's, you know, maybe, maybe Tom Manning would have done better with him. Just, I mean, I'm not throwing shade at Gino Gadulli. He's a Bearcat through and through. Love Gino. But I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm just saying, you know? Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, with I mean, w- with Manning and then even with, with Satterfield himself, they have had a lot of success in their previous jobs, right? I mean, in 2019, Satterfield's coach of the year in, in the ACC. And, uh, I mean, Tom Manning, I've, I, I forget which accolade he had at Iowa State, but it was, it was something – like they were the most like offensive coordinator of the year in the Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he. It's not like, and th- I mean, then they've they've not. I mean, whatever happened after that, you know, is what people are, are knocking them for. But it's like we we have coaches on staff that that can get the job done, and you know, I, I'm hoping that they're looking at this opportunity to get you know to get themselves back to you know those those higher. Uh, you know, those higher levels of achievement that, that they they had in, you know, the Big 12 or, or the uh, the ACC. So I, I'm hoping it's, it's, it's sort of like a fresh start for them and they, they can get back to what, uh, you know, got them, you know, their respective names. So I, I, I'm looking forward to it here. You know, I, I thought um, – look, I don't know if you're on Twitter or not. I know that you, you know, you have Bearcat Land on Facebook and that's, you know, a great group for, uh, for you know, all of us Bearcats fans on Facebook. But I mean, with uh, with the release of the football schedule that just came out this week, it was like you know the the seas parted, and there was just this wild rush of you know, of interaction with Big Twelve fans that sort of you know had their own way of welcoming you know the new four into the Big Twelve. Now that we're like officially on the schedule, it was like, yeah, we'll be there July 1st. That's when it's official. Uh, you know, you know, here we come, you know, we're, we're super excited. They are, you know, indifferent or, you know, I mean, they excellent at at talking trash, but now that it's like officially like almost, you know, it's like set in stone, like, Hey, we're, you're coming to Nipper or, you know, we're coming to your stadium. It's like uh, the schedule is officially released it's like a whole new can of worms is opened. And I, I, I feel as, you know, someone who loves the, you know, as a Bearcats diehard, I, I feel like, you know, uh, we've officially been welcomed into the big 12 with this schedule release in the perfect big 12 way. West Virginia is talking a lot of trash about us. They bring up the fact that we're three and thir- uh, 16 against them. Um, uh, they, they're like, can't, can't wait for the bear kitties. You guys are not, by the way, all West Virginia fans listening, 
you're not that good. <laughs> you're just not that good. You, you're digging your, your players a hole. They're not that good. And you don't want a mad Cincinnati coming to town. So keep talking. That's going to be an L-burger. Um, now, Oklahoma, they can talk. Um, I'm a little bit – I'm looking at the schedule. We got a kind of – we got a one of the tougher beginnings. I'd, say, I'd argue tougher than last year um, with our schedule. Uh, I mean, so EKU uh, – or. You know, that's, that's, that's going to be warm up. That's the warm yeah. up, right? Like you better, yeah. you better, you're uh, you, for this, you better get right because it's, uh, it, it's, it's your you know, one warm up. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not only is it like your warm up, but that's your only warm up. The rest of these games should be competitive. Um, including Miami. Miami. You think so? I'm not giving them any credit yet. I we'll, won't. We'll, I, I, we'll I, talk about that in a second. Not, not everyone. I put out a graphic the other day. Not everyone got the joke, uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute we'll, we'll, when we get there. I loved it. Uh, the, <laughs> I like that. I, I'm not going to ruin it, but I love that. All right. All right. You know what? People say respect your rival, but is it really a rivalry if you haven't won in two decades? No. Almost two decades? It's not. It's not, no. a war- it's not a rivalry. Yeah. Guaranteed dub. They're basically an FCS school. Um, but Pittsburgh. Hmm. Very hard game, second game of the year at yeah, Pittsburgh, in uh in their house. That, that could be an L burger for us. They don't like us. We don't like them. It's gonna be sold out. Oh, it, it it'll it'll be a uh, you know a giant uh you know huge atmosphere, wild crazy. You, you know, I mean they did lose a lot, right? I mean their starting quarterback was uh well overreached for in the NFL draft. And you know, throwing picks for the Pittsburgh Steelers the, now. The pick machine, Kenny Pickett. Yes. What a perfect name. Yes. So I mean, so you know, who knows what what they're bringing to the table? But I mean, I almost got fought in the Steelers stadium. By the way, I went to that away game, and I was like, "Oh, the pride of Pittsburgh!" Every time he did something bad, it, I mean, they were getting mad. <laughs> uh, good times, though. Good times. Sorry, I totally cut you off. I just wanted to throw that out there. Any shade I can send towards the Pittsburgh Steelers or Kenny Pickett, I will. Absolutely. I I, I hope that he is the quarterback of the future for the Steelers. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I hope they double down on him for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I'm, so EKU, our warm-up. Then, you know, we go to Pitt for a uh, – I mean, it's a trophy game, right? I mean, we got the, uh, the riverboat. I don't know what you call it, but, that, I mean, that's – I'm assuming that will be on the line. It, you know, if the keg and nails was on the line this past bowl season when we played Louisville, then our uh, our I don't know our riverboat, I don't know whatever it's called, has to be on the line. So that, I mean, that's a classic matchup. Who has it? I Do think it? that's a great question. I, that is a great question. I don't know. If, I'm, if we have it, it's not up for grabs. If they have it, it's up for grabs. <laughs> that's fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> So I mean, you go from one trophy game to the next against against Miami, Ohio, uh, who we have at home. They uh, in my power rankings, right? So I, this graphic that I was telling you about, you know, I, I broke down the who I thought you know the most exciting games or the, or the the biggest games of the year was uh, Miami, Ohio. Even though they are, we will play them at Nippert Stadium. They did not make the list uh, at all. Because Rightly they, so. Yeah, I mean sixteen. Losses. Six, every every person in Oxford listened to me. 16 straight losses. Yeah, I mean, it's beating a dead horse at, the, at this point. I mean, you know, at 16 straight losses, you know, that, I mean, that dates back to, you know, to the Big East days. And then, you know, we're in the American, this, you know, Island of Misfit Toys. But now that this will be their first year in the Big 12, I mean, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's a buy game at, at, at this point, right? B-U-Y, buy, yeah. it's, it's a buy game. I mean, I don't care what the, where we play them. I mean, I think they're still extremely lucky that we would even, you know, cons, you know, entertain the thought of playing this game in Oxford. Uh, but I, I'm not, I'm not worried about this game. It doesn't, it doesn't even register on my power rankings of, of teams that we play at home. This well, year. why would you power rank our JV team? I mean, what we do is, is we send all our players down to him, like Ivan, to get good, and then we'll play him. On, you know, he just needed to he needed to work himself up at Miami so he could be Cincinnati quality. I mean, it's our JV team, so uh, if, the, you know, the Louisville Bats or the Dayton Dragons. 
Yes, yeah. There are Dayton Dragons. Yes. And, you know, the thing is, is if somebody plays as hard as they can against our third string in the third quarter, they might get picked up by the Bearcats. So, Miami players listening, try your heart out this game. You <laughs> might get yourself a spot on the team. You know, we, we go from that, and then, like you said, we open up Big 12 play, our first ever Big 12 game, Oklahoma in historic Nippert Stadium. It's going to, it, it, I mean, the place is going to be bananas. I mean, that's going to be a hard ticket to get. That is going to be a hard ticket to get. Thank God I got season tickets. Because- Same, brother. Oh my goodness, that's going to be, I'm going to put that on the, if we win that game, all right, so let's throw the if we win out first. If we win that game, we will rush the field. I know what happens when you beat somebody like that for the first time ever. Oklahoma is is on the same level as Ohio State. It's on the same level as USC, okay? This is, this is a blue blood. This is, mm-hmm. this is just as big of a win as at Notre Dame. I don't care what anybody says. They have, they get seven five stars a recruiting cycle. If we beat Oklahoma, you should feel really good about your Bearcats going into this uh, the next couple years and Scott Satterfield as a hire. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was in when I was at, at UC, we played Oklahoma, but I believe that was that was at Paul Brown. Right. Yeah, yeah they that, didn't play us at Nippert. They didn't yeah. want to. No, that, yeah, that was a, that was a Paul Brown. So this will be, you know, on campus. I, I'm super excited for that. I am. Uh, I hope that right now I have one fall wedding to attend, Logan, and that's that's for the pit game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the only one of the season so far, and I, and I hope that holds true. Uh, w- we need to stop this madness of of fall weddings. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the look, who cares about leaves? This is all for all the girlfriends who listen. <laughs> Nobody gives a crap about leaves. The Bearcats are playing. All right? So do some do do it in the spring before football starts, during spring ball, so we can watch our games. Come on. Uh, I appreciate that. That's 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 hilarious. We we go from a, a huge game in historic Nippert. And then we fly across the country at BYU, which will be interesting. Uh, and if you've if you looked at the schedule close enough, after this game, after that travel, luckily this year we have a bye after that, um, <laughs> which which I appreciate going going forward. Looking at the second half of the schedule, yeah, I thought you were talking about Iowa State for a second. Um, uh- I hope I hope we dog walk Iowa State. I I don't I know mean, why. It it started in uh well two thousand what what was the COVID year the two thousand twenty one the year yeah, that they they were ahead of there. Us, they were eight and three and ranked ahead of us by the CP. Like what are you doing ranking Iowa State at, like a three loss Iowa State and then uh, I I'm just ready to to kick them to the curb. I, I can't – I don't know whatever – I mean, that just – They were arguably the worst team in the Big 12 last year, right? Like, Oh, yeah. We, they, yeah, they were not yeah. good. Yeah. They're going to be bad, and they're going to be worse. Um, and here's the thing. These – so it, we should hit the panic button if we lose to Ohio State. If we – or not Ohio State. Ohio State would be a, a fine loss. Uh, Iowa State. Um, we should hit the uh, – we should hit – the panic button if we lose to iowa state Mm. we are not looking good we've out recruited them the last four cycles things are not going well if we lose lose them at all (laughs) no not at all we can lose to baylor you can lose to oklahoma state you cannot lose to iowa state you cannot lose to uh, you can lose to west virginia only because it's a rivalry game but iowa state doesn't know us you can't lose to Iowa State. Mm-mm, not at all. So, luckily, like I said, we, we get them at home. We follow that up with Baylor at home, w- which is nice as well. I mean, Baylor's been been tough the past couple Thank of God years. Thank God we're getting this Baylor, yes, to be honest. Exactly. But then we have to go to no, – this is, this is weird, all right? So we have to go to OSU, which is not Ohio State. It's the Oklahoma real OSU. State. 
right? So how how weird is that going to be, right? There's, I mean, in, in Ohio, OSU, is, I mean, is the Buckeyes. That's that's just what I mean. They've they're loud. I kind of like to throw shade. Right? Oh, I do too. I'll I'll, I'll love it a hundred percent. It's just we played I, the real OSU today in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Is what yes. I'm- so that'll be a tough game for sure because it seems like they are always right there in the Big 12 and then, you know, for whatever reason, can't quite get over the hump. I mean, Oklahoma State's really good, and if we lose to the Cowboys, it's not a bad loss. Um, But so the way I'm predicting it so far, if we're keeping track, I'm giving us a W at ECU, a tentative W at Pittsburgh, a W at Miami, in Elberger at Oklahoma, uh, in Oklahoma, although I don't want it to be that way. Um, I, I want to upset Oklahoma. That would be huge. If we beat Oklahoma in Nippert, we will rush the field. It will be outrageous. And we need BYU. That's a 50-50 game. Iowa State is a dub. Um, and then Baylor should be a dub. Coming in there, that puts us at 1, 2, 3, 4 five six wins so um you know it at six and two um we'd be looking close at, we'd be we'd be in the mix for a big 12 championship the way we play out at the end of the season which last after osu we have central florida i i thought i don't know if they did this on purpose but you know thank thankfully to the to the big 12 scheduling crew you know i mean I don't think there was any guarantee that we would have played Central Florida at home this year, right? I mean, this past season here, we went down to Orlando, right? So, I mean, we could have done that again, I think, you know, with, with a reset of, of the new conference. Thank God we didn't. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I mean, you know, I'll talk shit to, to Central Florida, and, I mean, they've been – I mean, they've they got dragged on Twitter this week, and I, and I love that, and I'll continue to talk trash, but – for all of that, playing in the bounce house is tough. I, I will certainly give them that. So I, I'm glad that we have them at home this season. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. That's probably a win. We're probably seven and two going into Houston. If we can beat Houston, that's a win. We'll beat uh, Houston. I, I don't. I, Houston. I, I won't give Houston uh, a win against us until it actually happens. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean the last four games of the season look. F- fantastic for us we got ucf houston west virginia kansas um ucf's the strongest team out of all four um and we got them at home and we got kansas at home which i would put as the second toughest team Uh, i mean kansas they they turned a lot of heads this year they were ranked at one point in the season uh i mean i mean kansas had been like a like an o and you know i mean they were a a winner right so they're bottom feeder big 12 bottom feeder in you know d1 college football for forever uh and then they're they got things sort of clicking together so it'll be interesting to see if they can build off of that and and come back really strong next year i uh luckily we got them we got them last so we'll know what type of season they're having by the time that they come to nipper it all really comes down to this and i'd hate to put it on a kid just one kid but uh, Emory Jones is going to have to ball the f- out. He's just going to ball out. He's got to ball I'm out. I'm expecting big things from him for sure. And if we get Florida Emory Jones. Um, oh, if we, oh, it's 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 over. Good night. Yeah. So, and I mean, he's already played at that level in the SEC. And we're going to have a good, we're going to have talent around him. Um, the Big 12 just got shown that it's not the SEC. Okay, in the national championship game. Yeah. Um, and that guy played with those Ooh, guys. Buddy. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just You're saying. Right. You're right. You're right. I mean, definitely. So, I mean, so I want to I want to hit on two things here first. So on this first schedule, we have no Texas Longhorns, we have no Texas Tech, and no Kansas State. Any any I mean I, I mean Texas you know it, obviously a brand name. Uh, that you you would like to play, but any thoughts about not having those three on the schedule in year one? Um, it's probably pretty good for us. Uh, it, we'll be in the mix for a Big Twelve championship with them off the roster. Uh, we or off the roster, off the uh, schedule. Um, Kansas State is flat out good, and I don't, I wouldn't have us beating them. Um, 
they are really good. Um, and I mean, the re- Texas Tech, I, I'm not afraid of Texas Tech. They couldn't win a national championship with Patrick Mahomes. So, whatever. Um, right. Texas, it would be just nice to beat Texas because no matter what level Texas is at, I mean, it's beating Texas. Everybody notices. That's true. That, that's a good way to point that or to put that for sure. Uh, whether they're back or, they're, or not, people take notice if you beat them. That's, that's a good way to put that. And, and as far as I, I've been kind of following this the past couple of days with, uh, you know, everyone thought that uh, Oklahoma and Texas, would, they, you know, they'd have one year here with us in, in the Big 12 and they'd get out after that a year early. But, you know, the TV negotiations are not going well uh, for them to jump to the SEC a year early. Uh, you know, and as of now, I would expect to have the Longhorns on our uh, our 2024 schedule. You know, I have a feeling if they're on our 2024 schedule, what they'll do is is we won't play Oklahoma that year, and we'll play them at home. Yeah, I, I think and so. I just love that idea because now you got year two Emory Jones going in Texas coming to the our house. Now I'm feeling really good about that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and you know, uh, as you as you bring up uh, specific players for the Bearcats, as I was uh, walking to uh, Fifth Third today, uh, my wife and I we were we were walking up uh, past the Bearcat statue to get into Fifth Third. Uh, the I mean, pretty much that I recognized the entire Bearcats football offense, Ben Bryant, Evan Prater included. Uh, they were all walking to the bubble. I don't, I don't know what what was what sort of workout or. Uh, practice or whatever was happening today but i i could i would say that they were all in high spirits as they were walking into the bubble today so i thought that was uh that was good for us uh you know as i was walking into the, the basketball game today yeah and i mean you know uh so no shade to evan prater um but i have a strong feeling that um if he is going to become like a big time starter for us at this point um, he's held the clipboard for too many um, quarterbacks at this point, in my opinion. He might be due for a position change. He's too fast. He's too much of a freak athlete to not be somewhere. Like, I, I don't know. I think if he loses this quarterback battle in camp to, uh, to Emory Jones, he should, he should contemplate, you know, maybe some tight end receiver. That, I mean, that'll be interesting. And, and the, uh, one thing that uh, the Bearcats football team has announced is I think it's April 15th is the spring game. And that'll be uh, maybe the first uh, first sign of, of what's going on on the offense there. So mark your calendars for that so we can see what's what's going to be happening. In the at least for, in the uh, the spring round of things for this year. Can I say something here about quarterbacks and just quarterback play in general? Please. Um, what? Desmond Ritter, in the real world, doesn't not get found and isn't a five-star winner or a four-star. He just got missed by the system. Like you, like you don't you don't bring a guy in that that that's that's winning as much as he does without actually just having it in him, and people just didn't grade him well. Uh, he probably didn't go to enough camps when he was in high school. Um, I think he came from a single parent home and probably what they probably didn't have the money to send him to a lot of camps. No shade against the Ritter family. They're, they're great people. Uh, nothing like against them whatsoever. Like, I'm not saying that to put anything out there. Um, but yeah, coach Fickle lucked out super hard. He got two people in Sauce Gardner and in Desmond Ritter that absolutely weren't three stars at all. And you don't, you know, he probably saw the forest for the trees when he left for Wisconsin. He probably realized that's as good as it's going to get, um, with, with getting lucky. Um, that you don't, you don't get luckier than somebody being graded as a low three-star and turn out to be an NFL first-team All-Pro their rookie season. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, man. I, I think, and, and you know, like of course, like you know, money has 
you know, is the, the biggest mover here, right? Like, okay, I, I took the, the Bearcats to the college football playoff, the only, you know, G5 team to ever do it. Uh, you know, we were going to try our – can we duplicate that the next season after we lost all these pieces? You know, obviously they didn't, but the the bidding war or the, the price tag on Luke Fickle – Will never be higher. Would have never, never been ever been. No, not at yeah. all. Never. So I'm. I think obviously he had some. He knew that, or he had some people around him that knew that. Uh, because like after once you outdo yourself, how how you know getting back to that. He would have had to have won a national championship with the Bearcats to outdo himself at that point. Right. So I'm. Um, you're absolutely right in your thought process here. Yeah, and so I mean, he knew his drafts. His stock was high. And he left. And I don't blame him at all, even a little bit. Um, because there was never a time that he was going to make that type of money again unless Ohio State came and called. And you know what? He went to the right program. Wisconsin's going to be super happy with 10 wins and showing up to the Big Ten Conference Championship game and getting blown out by Ohio State every year. Yeah, a little bit of shade. but Good, good for them. Good for them. So- <laughs> you know? Look on my. Um, we talked about this a couple of times here. What do you What do you think about my breakdown here? My power rankings uh, uh, of our home games this year. I went with number one Oklahoma just because of the brand name. You know, regardless of what they went last season, it was kind of a quote unquote down year for them. So Oklahoma one, Iowa State two because, like I said, I have a vendetta against them. Uh, Baylor, Central Florida number four, Kansas. East Eastern Kentucky, and then not even on the radar, number seven, Miami. Thoughts on that? Hey, I'm sorry. My uh, my headphones actually just cut out. Uh, what did you just – I'm so sorry. What did you just say? That's all good. So I, I, just, I just gave you the one through six, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor, Central Florida, Kansas, Eastern Kentucky. I think you got it right. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely, 100%. Oklahoma home game, number one. Um, you know, I would say that, yeah, I wouldn't change a single thing uh, to that power ranking. Um, ECU, um, you're going to have a decent amount of ECU people coming. Um, that's going to be pretty cool. I think that, uh, you know, UCF is probably this. I would put UCF as number two, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. as like the best, because I mean, we have a longstanding rivalry with them. They get up for us. Um, so I think that's maybe the only one that I would, did you have them at two? Uh, uh, central floor. I got, I got them at four underneath, uh, Iowa state and Baylor. So I guess that's what the, in my biggest part, um, I would switch out Iowa state because I think they're the, the new bottom feeder of the big 12. And I would put UCF in there at number two, the biggest, uh, game, um, just because, you know, uh, Central Florida talks too much trash not to matter. Um, you know, there's one guarantee. If a Central Florida fan is present, he's talking shit. That's for sure. So, I mean, because of that, I'm going to have to give them the nod. That's the only thing that I would uh, disagree with on your power ranking. That's understandable. No uh, no, no pushback there for sure. I think once, once we absolutely dominate Iowa State once they will fall down that power ranking the next time for sure uh but you know we got to get one good look in and then you know they can they can fall down to to four or five uh in my book at least so that that's we'll look out for that as we go forward into uh into more big 12 seasons hell yeah Uh, that is really all that I have Logan I mean we're almost at an hour here first episode back in, in quite a long time uh i think we can we can close out here if you're good yeah i'm good too hey look um first of all you said it once uh uh you know i come from bearcat land that's where i post everything a uh, little little halfway plug there if anybody's looking for some bearcat information this podcast gets posted there um and then also uh you know thank you uh, for having me as a repeat guest uh you know, I, I really appreciate that, uh, having an outlet. I always get excited and tell my friends to uh, come listen to the podcast. For, so thanks, thanks for having me on. 
Absolutely, man. I, I love the enthusiasm. I know you're you're a, a big Bearcats fan, and that's you know sort of you know I, I'm I'm the same way. That's why I started you know Go Bearcats on Twitter way back when, and you know, it sort of evolved into you know all the other social medias, and, and now the podcast, the blog, and everything. So you know I'm right there with you. So it's it's good to talk to like-minded folks, and we'll definitely have you on again for sure. Um, good episode. I, I'm, I'm optimistic for the future of, of Bearcats athletics. Yeah. Yeah. And optimistic about the go Bearcats podcast. Cause it's the best beer, ca- uh, Bearcats podcast out there. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Hey, I'll leave everyone with this as always cheers and go Bearcats. Go Bearcats. Bearcats.